the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. When you come to church, pray before you come. I just want to see Jesus. When you open your Bible in the morning, read your Bible, pray. I want to see Jesus. And in the Word, show me Jesus. Really, every day that should be our prayer. I want to see Jesus today. I want to see Jesus working in me. I want to see Jesus working through me. I want to see Jesus in my circumstances. I want to see Jesus in everything. I want to see Jesus. The people we'll read about in today's passage had the privilege of seeing Jesus in the flesh. They heard about this man doing amazing miracles and preaching a revolutionary message, and they clamored to see him. As Pastor Dan will encourage us in today's message, though you aren't likely to see Jesus physically manifest himself in this world, if your heart is receptive and you seek him first, you can encounter him every single day in everything you do. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 12, Matthew chapter 10, and we left off last time we were together in verse 20. So John chapter 12, beginning of verse 20. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. That's the feast of Passover. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am there, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. 
Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, and you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. I just want to refresh your memory of what is taking place in the life and ministry of Jesus at this point. Uh, In chapter 12, chapter 12 begins with Jesus making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday. Uh, And Jesus begins his, his final week, what we sometimes call the Passion Week, that will culminate with his death on the cross for the sins of the world, his burial, and his resurrection and triumph over sin and death. This all takes place during the Feast of Passover in Jerusalem, one of the three great feasts of the Jewish people in Jerusalem. And I I mentioned in a previous study, uh, when we were going through the first part of chapter 12, that Jesus entered Jerusalem on the 10th day of the month of Nisan, not the car, uh, but the month of Nisan in the Jewish calendar. And that's significant because it was on the 10th day of the month of Nisan that the Jewish people were instructed in the law to select their lamb for sacrifice for the Passover. Not that they sacrificed the lamb on the 10th day, but they would select the lamb. And they would keep that lamb until the 14th day. And then on the 14th day, they would sacrifice the lamb for the Passover And so it's on the 10th day that the Jewish people selected their Passover lamb. And it's on that very same day that Jesus presented himself to the nation as the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Pretty, pretty amazing here. So Jesus enters into uh, Jerusalem. It's the Passover time. Uh, Historians tell us that at that time, more than two million Pilgrims would make the journey to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Uh, When we were in Israel a couple weeks ago, I read that on the Temple Mount, where the Temple temple stood in Jerusalem, over 300,000 people could could gather on the Temple Mount. Just an incredible number of of people. Uh, And Jesus, he came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, down the Mount of Olives towards Jerusalem. And if you look back in verse 12, that a great multitude of people went out of the city to meet him. And so the city emptied out, the temple emptied out, all of the people poured out onto the Mount of Olives to welcome Jesus as the King of Israel. And they acknowledge him as the King of Israel in verse 13. Uh, In verse 19, 
we see the reaction of the religious leaders. And remember, the religious leaders hated Jesus. They're plotting to kill him. But they describe the scene this way in verse 19. They say the whole world has gone after him. As they're watching the crowd go out to greet Jesus as king of Israel. Maybe they're standing in the temple and they could see the Mount of Olives from the temple. And they say to each other, the whole world's gone after him. Now, I don't know if there's going to be video in in heaven, but I hope there's a video of that. It'll be such a sight to see this Palm Sunday triumphal entry of Jesus. And that, that brings us really to our passage today in verse 20 where we're told in verse 20, now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Now John's gospel is the only gospel that records this information for us, that there were among the pilgrims, among those millions of people gathered there in Jerusalem, among them were some Greeks or Gentiles, non-Jews, who also came up to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of Passover. So these are Gentiles, non-Jews, who have converted to Judaism. They worship the God of the Jews, Yahweh. Uh, they, they, uh, they believe in the God of the Jews. They pray to the God of the Jews. By the way, just like us, we worship the God of the Jews. We worship Yahweh. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. You know, in Romans, it talks about us as Gentiles. I'm assuming we're all Gentiles here. Forgive me if you're not. Uh, but in Romans, it talks about how we as Gentiles are like a wild olive branch that has been grafted into the olive tree of Israel, the Jewish people, and we get to enjoy the benefit or the, the richness and the fatness of the root of Israel, which is the Old Testament, right? So we've been grafted in. We worship the God of the Jews, Yahweh. Uh, And so uh, there are these Gentile worshipers that are there in the crowd as well. In the Old Testament, um, when Solomon, King Solomon, dedicated the first temple in Jerusalem, he, he gave this beautiful prayer of dedication. And in his prayer, this is what he says in 1 Kings chapter 8, speaking of the temple. Moreover, concerning a foreigner, who is not of your people Israel, but has come from a far country for your namesake, for they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your outstretched arm when he comes and prays toward this temple, here in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. And so there, when Solomon dedicates the temple, he says, when the foreigner, the non-Jew, when he comes to this temple seeking you, he's heard of you, he comes seeking you and prays, Solomon asks God here in heaven, answer his prayer. Uh, In in the temple, uh, there was actually an area, a court called the court of the Gentiles. It was a place where Gentiles could come and worship Yahweh, worship the God of the Jews in the temple area. Uh, We we see in Acts chapter 8, for example, we we meet a man who is a Gentile from Ethiopia, and we're told that he has gone to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. 
just like these Greeks that are here. They're Gentile worshipers of Yahweh. And we don't know much at all about these Greeks. We don't, we don't know who they were. We don't know their names. Uh, we don't know exactly where, where they were from. All that we know is that they came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Passover. And when they came, they heard about Jesus. How could they not hear about Jesus? The whole world's gone after him, right? So they hear about Jesus, and they, in verse 21, they came to Philip in particular who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and they asked Philip, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. What a wonderful request. We want to see Jesus. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. We've heard everybody talking about him. We we came here to celebrate the Passover. But we've heard about Jesus and and we want to see Jesus. That's a great prayer to pray. You know, when you come to church, pray before you come. I just want to see Jesus. When you open your Bible in the morning to read your Bible, pray. I want to see Jesus in, in the Word. Show me Jesus. Really, every day that should be our prayer. I want to see Jesus today. I want to see Jesus working in me. I want to see Jesus working through me. I want to see Jesus in my circumstances. I want to see Jesus in everything. It's interesting that these Greeks went to Philip of all people and asked him, Now why Philip? Why does the Holy Spirit here make a point to tell us that they went to Philip in particular and not the other disciples. Well, they're Greeks, and Philip is a Greek name. Uh, The father of Alexander the Great was Philip of Macedon. Uh, He's also also from Bethsaida in the Galilee. The Holy Spirit makes that note for us. He's from Bethsaida in the Galilee. The Galilee was also called in scriptures, Galilee of the Gentiles, because a lot of Gentiles lived in that region. So it could be that these Greeks approached Philip because he has a Greek name and because of where he's from. You know, there's, it's, it's, the audience is primarily, the crowd's primarily Jewish people, Jewish pilgrims. And you have this handful of Gentiles mixed in with this crowd. And then there's a guy, he's got a Greek name. He's from an area where there's a lot of Gentiles. And they approach him. Um, you know, my youngest son, uh, he likes to wear an Alabama Crimson Tide hat. Uh, just about everywhere he goes. Uh, you might even have. Do you have it today? Yes, he does. But you don't have to show us, <laughs> but he's got it. <laughs> and we were, we were in Jerusalem a couple weeks ago. Uh, and we're in the old city, and we're walking through the, the market area of the old city, and these very ancient streets, very narrow streets with shops on each side. Lots of people, big crowd of people coming and going every direction. 
uh, and I'm holding my son's hand because the crowd is so thick, and he's got his Alabama hat on, and all of a sudden I hear with an Alabama accent, roll tie, <laughs> right? Doesn't matter where you go in the world. Uh, and I look over, and here's an old guy, he's got an Alabama crimson tie down, right? We're in this crowd of people from all over the world. That, I know that hat. Right? And here you have these Greeks that come to Jerusalem. There's millions of people, huge crowds. Philip, that's a Greek name. And he lives in Bethsaida. That's where Gentiles live. Philip, can I talk to you? We'd like to see Jesus. We've heard all about this Jesus since we've been in town. and We want to see this Jesus. We want to we meet this Jesus. Can you introduce us to this Jesus? Now, I believe that John included this story in his gospel to tell us that Jesus did not come to save the Jewish people only, but that he came to be the savior of the whole world. God loves the whole world. Jesus is the savior of all people, not just the Jewish people. He's the savior of all people. And what a scene you have here as Jesus, this is his final week. He's only a few days away from the cross and and, and the Jewish people have rejected him as their Messiah. And they're going to crucify him. And as Jesus is rejected by the Jewish people, we see Gentiles suddenly show up seeking. You remember at the birth of Jesus Christ, remember that? Wise men from the east, also Gentiles, wise men from the east, They come seeking Jesus. We've come to see the one born, the King of the Jews. And here we are now at his death. And Greeks, wise men from the West, come seeking Jesus. And so here his life and ministry is bookended by non-Jews seeking him. Gentiles seeking him. And I think it's it's a foreshadowing of of what's going to take place in the church. You know, we get into, when you get into the book of Acts, you see uh, in Acts chapter 10, where now the, the gospel goes to the Gentile world. And so these Greeks came to Philip asking to see Jesus. Now look at Philip's response in verse 22. Philip came and told Andrew. And in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. Philip doesn't say, you want to see Jesus? Come on, I'll introduce you. No, instead, Philip goes to Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip together go to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, hey, there's some Greeks here that want to meet you. Initially, and I want you to see this, initially, Philip didn't know what to do. Philip didn't know what to do with these Greeks, with these Gentiles who want to see Jesus. Why not? Because they're Gentiles. They're not Jews. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. He's promised in the Jewish scriptures, in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament. Jesus said he came to seek and save the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They don't know what to do. So turn with me over to Matthew chapter 10. I want to show you just a couple verses here in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, beginning in in verse 1. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says... And when Jesus had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. 
and it lists the 12 apostles in verses 2, 3, and 4. And then you go down to verse 5. Look what Jesus says. Then, then these 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. When, when Jesus sent out his disciples, his 12 apostles, and Philip is one of the 12, he told them, don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. Instead, go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But now there are Greeks, there's Gentiles that are seeking Jesus. And Philip doesn't know what to do with their request. He doesn't know what to do with their request. And so Philip says to the Greeks, wait right here. I'll be right back. And he goes to Andrew. And he says, Andrew, I've got a little issue and I don't know what to do. There are some Greeks, some Gentiles that want to see Jesus. Andrew doesn't know what to do. So Philip and Andrew together, go back to John chapter 12, they go together to Jesus. And in verse 22, verse 22 indicates that Philip and Andrew did not bring the Greeks to meet Jesus. Instead, verse 22 indicates they went to Jesus and told Jesus about the Greeks that are here. You see that? They just went and told Jesus, hey, hey, there's, there's some Gentiles here that asked to see you. We weren't, we weren't sure what to do. Understand, for, for the Jewish people at that time, they believed salvation was only for the Jews. It was not for the Gentiles. Uh, in fact, when you look in Acts chapter 10, when uh, Cornelius and his household are saved, Cornelius is a Roman centurion, he's a Gentile, his family and friends are gathered there, Peter preaches to them, the Holy Spirit falls upon them, they're saved, they're baptized uh, there. And then when Peter goes back up to Jerusalem, and he tells this story to the Jewish believers that are in Jerusalem, it says when they heard that Gentiles got saved, that the Jewish believers sat in silence. They're stunned that salvation came to Gentiles, just like it came to them. And then it says they worshiped God for his grace towards the Gentiles. So they, they, didn't, you know, they, they didn't think that Gentiles could be saved. That salvation was for them. It was only for the Jews. So Philip and Andrew here, they, they, they didn't know what to do with these Gentiles, these Greeks that have come. So they told Jesus, and Jesus, in verse 23, he answered them. And in his answer, I want you to note here, Jesus talks about two things. He's teaching Philip and Andrew here about his grace. Jesus mentions two things here in his answer. Number one, his death on the cross. And number two, following him as his disciple. His death on the cross and following him as his disciple. In verse 23, Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Jesus describes his death here using this illustration of a grain of wheat falling into the ground and dying, and it, and it produces much fruit. 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so... You're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan right here on Ring of Truth.